Hello, everyone, and welcome to another episode of The Human Factor. My name is Teresa Miller, and I'm a principal technologist with Cohesity. Today's topic is one that rings really uh, near and dear to me. It's, it's actually about mentoring and career growth, and whether or not there's value um, in getting involved with either being a mentor or a mentee. And so I have a very special guest with me today, Esther Bartel. Um, if you could go ahead and introduce yourself. Oh, yes. So for some people, I might be uh, uh, by now a, a well-known name within the community. So usually when I do presentations, I have this really cool introduction slide. So I figured I would just throw it at you right away. Um, but that's just basically to give you a quick rundown of uh, what I've been do doing in the community mostly. So I've been joining different community programs. I've been in the end user computing space for uh, uh, way more years than I'm willing to admit. <laughs> and uh, the last couple of years mostly focused on DevOps and automation uh, tasks. Uh, so just let, uh, let that get out of the way and uh, um, Let's have a conversation uh, because Absolutely. like you said, um, today the focus is on mentoring. And um, well, we've been connected quite some years uh, through the community programs. Mm -hmm. And I'm very fortunately um, that you are helping me build this awesome uh, women in tech mentorship program uh, for uh, the Citrix user community. Yeah, absolutely. Well, let's um, definitely get talking about some of that. So I think um, we both, this first question I have for you, I think we both agree might be a little bit tough. And um, But I think it's important to kind of help set the stage for where mentoring has played a role in your career. So my first question is, did, did someone ever try to stop you from learning or advancing in your pro professional life? And if yes, has How's this shaped your way forward in your career? Well, um, I think everyone, uh, whether you're, you're male, female, uh, um, um, of a certain race, a certain religion, I think we all had at least one moment in our career where someone um, wasn't as supportive as uh, we were hoping them to be. Uh, so in my case, I did have a couple of colleagues that uh, were working very hard on uh, uh, self-promotion and helping their own career growth, which is normal because we are all focused on our own career paths. But unfortunately for me, that meant that they were basically, I think, unintentionally blocking me from attending some events uh, and conferences that would definitely help me build my career and uh, stay on top of uh, uh, the IT game or the EUC game in my, uh, uh, in, in my case. Sure. Um, and I'm not going to name and shame or uh, dive into uh, that particular example because <laughs> there are probably a couple uh, uh, that I've run into. Uh, but the main focus, yeah. 
Okay, yeah, and the main focus of um, basically what happened is that they made me feel insecure about my own goals or, or uh, the abilities that I had. And they um, basically fired up that, that little voice in the back of my head that, that said, I'm not good enough or uh, I'll probably not be able to deliver. Um, so maybe it's better if I don't step into uh, a, a bigger spotlight, so to speak, or, or be more uh, outgoing or extrovert about my knowledge and, and the ability or this desire to share what I know with uh, peers and community. Um, and as you asked, so what um, about those experiences uh, shaped my career path so to speak or at least my actions um well i i i noticed that um internally it it also fired up this this big fire or desire to prove them wrong so um for me there was this very clear moment that i decided to not uh, be dependent of a company sponsoring um, events that I wanted to attend or uh, trainings that I wanted to have. Uh, but I decided to keep investing in my own career growth, um, which meant that in some occasions I decided to pay for uh, events uh, myself just to make sure that I've, uh, I kept connected to the community and uh, could gain that knowledge that I was searching for to uh, to strive to be the best in uh, end-user computing. That's awesome. I love how you really just kind of listened to what you were you were thinking internally and didn't let people stop you from achieving what was important to you. Um, and I think one of the other things you said that's really critical that a lot of people sometimes struggle with is when someone else gets inside their head, they may step away and not try because of it. So kudos to you for just, you know, taking that uh, forward in a positive way and, and doing great things for yourself. I think that's just wonderful. Yeah, well, that didn't happen overnight. So I, I've been insecure for uh, definitely for, for uh, the first couple of years of my career. And I think what really helped me is that I attended this uh, neuro-linguistic programming uh, course, which really focuses on uh, communications that you have with others, but also how you process whatever is said to you and how you filter out different um, words or, or um, basically uh, twist those words that um, you hear um, to link them to um, maybe uh, events from the past or experiences. So they become uh, emotional uh, loaded, so to speak. Um, and I think that course definitely helped me to become more aware of how you basically can become self-destructive um, not not meaning that in in the um, harsh way or hard way that it sounds but just very little uh, uh, undermine your own actions uh, just by that little voice in the back of your head telling you that maybe you're not good enough so did that course help teach you then how to turn that negativity off when you really felt like you need to to 
move forward in a positive way? Definitely. Um, so one, one of the simple tricks um, that I learned was that words can already have a big impact. And uh, the, the main um, lesson that I took from that is that uh, uh, a negative word like not is not remembered by uh, um, uh, your, your unconscious Mm. So, um, if if I tell you to not think of a pink elephant, then an image of a pink elephant pops in your head, whether you like Already it or done. not. <laughs> That's what I mean. <laughs> it just so, happened. <laughs> yes. So, instead of, uh, of, for a very simple example, instead of telling a child not to let go of the balloon, you basically need to rephrase that and say, hold on to that balloon. Because otherwise they will let go because that that's very simple word not let go not um, is not uh, remembered by your subconscious. So before you know it, um, it's it just has this let go repeated in, in your mind. So that that's the same with with uh, setting goals for your career. So making sure that you focus on positive words that empower you and give you energy instead of um, letting the negative words drag you down. That's fantastic. Uh, great advice too. Like overall, I think that is really helpful. I just uh, learned a few things too. <laughs> cool. <laughs> so um, let's kind of talk, you know, I think that's kind of a natural segue into um, talking about mentoring because you haven't talked about really leaning on anybody else at this point so do you think oh. that having a mentor is important to career growth and why oh i think it's it's very important um because it it also shaped my career in in so many different ways uh some mentors uh i i deliberately uh, found or reached out to um consciously so to speak and some definitely um had a mark uh, in a positive way on my career path uh, uh even unconsciously um so if we're talking about um um proactively seeking out your own mentors. Uh, of course, uh, when I uh, grew up in my career, so to speak, and, and uh, learned about this very strong end-user computing uh, community, uh, I, of course, also noticed that some um, men, in, in my case, uh, were very active and, and um, had similar behavior that... Um, uh, linked to basically my my values and virtues uh, so what i did is at one day i just decided to uh give one of these guys a call and in my case that was uh, ruben sprout uh for some he, he's a well-known uh, name in the community as well and i just gave him a call and basically just asked him very um bluntly as we are known for uh, as Dutch people. <laughs> I just uh, asked him, so what uh, helped you advance your career or how did you become this, this active in the community? And um, um, when he explained what he did in his career, um, I realized that um, it's not just copying his behavior, but it's uh, listening to understand what he did and try to implement that in your own way uh, 
So it still feels like natural behavior to yourself. Um, so that's one of the mentors, for instance. But um, I, um, ever since I uh, joined the Citrix Technology Professionals Program, I discovered so many more mentors and uh, uh, some just by having a quick chat uh, at an event at a bar. Uh, others just by being there and seeing them uh, lead by example, so to speak. Yeah, e exactly. Um, so... It is interesting, Ruben is someone who I've tapped the shoulder on in the past as well. Um, and I think the CTP community is the one that kind of brought us all together. Um, but oh, in it, any it's, case, it's, yes, it's, it definitely showed mm -hmm. me that there are more women in tech out there that are actively uh, focused both on technical uh, uh, topics uh, right. and willing to share their knowledge with the community. Uh, so the CTP program for me was the first encounter, so to speak, with other female species, which was very interesting. <laughs> that <laughs> is the program that introduced moment. us as well. Yeah, we came into the program the same year, about yes, six years ago. Yes, that was awesome. Now. So um, good. Okay, so um, mentoring is important. So you um, actually, I think you spearheaded this more than me. I'll only take a tiny little bit of credit. The Citrix User Groups Women in Tech um, mentoring program really happened as a result of, of your idea. And um, while I've been honored to be a part of it and support um, your initiatives, um, it, it's more of a formal mentoring program True. and so you know what are your thoughts on that more formal approach to mentoring does it have to be that way i think you kind of answered that with your last question but um maybe let's take it to what's different like what's different about a formal versus that informal and the benefits okay so um when we started the program uh basically i had this vision that it would be just very casual and uh, just be one-on-one -on -one mentoring so basically it would be more like um providing a network where mentees and mentors could fight each other and um in in a casual setting just um um well out of office conversations, um, learn from each other or encourage each other to reach uh, personal or even professional goals. Um, so I was very much convinced that that would uh, be a perfect setting to just have uh, uh, or to promote mentoring and mentoring programs. Mm -hmm. um, but I think two years ago, um, I, I met... Uh, this awesome uh, female role model, so to speak, uh, Eva Helen, who did a great presentation on uh, diversity, uh, mentoring, sponsoring, uh, reaching out uh, to men as well as, as women. And uh, what I really loved about her vision is that she made me realize that uh, for some companies, it's more beneficial to have a, a more formal program. Uh, <laughs> I just see a comment in the chat yeah. from uh, Sean Donahue who says Ava yeah. is amazing and yeah. I have to agree. Um, 
But um, um, to, to get back to your question, so uh, what she explained to me is that sometimes it's very hard within a company to get sponsored time uh, or, or even to get sponsoring and appreciation for uh, stepping uh, out as a mentor and, and becoming a mentor in a program. And it helps to have a formal program um, to go back to your manager and basically ask for uh, maybe a couple of hours per month to be able to do the mentoring and to, because um, as a mentor, you also learn from your mentee and vice versa. Um, so that made me change my opinion about just having a casual program, because I think the formality also helps our mentees to um, have them, um, maintain a proactive uh, uh, approach on mentoring uh, because we try to really stimulate our mentees to um, set their own goals to to make them basically smart um, even though i know that's that's not um, the most praised uh, method but it definitely helps to uh, because we have a set timeline uh, for our mentor program to make sure that you have reachable goals within say um, six to nine months and um, uh, because if you reach those goals you have that this success that you get to share with your mentor and that uh, also can be uh, returned in a program in in a formalized way by having uh, the blog post that we have sharing our experiences making sure that m more women uh, out in the field uh, get to know about the program and feel comfortable enough to sign up or or uh, even become a mentor themselves yes Yes, that's true. And so, so I think one of the things, though, like with the formal mentoring program, like with with this, the Citrix user group one, there's only applications once a year. So, so there's that element that I'd like to call out. I, I, do you think people should wait for a formal mentoring program if they need a mentor? No. Today? No, 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 <laughs> uh, no, because um, I have to admit, I think we, we've kind of been, uh, well, not really cheating, but bending those rules just a little bit, uh, because I know, as I said, it's like a, a set uh, time period in our program, uh, but I definitely kept in touch with my mentees, so we still have conversations, uh, and uh, that that could be described as one-on-one -on -one mentoring. Um, uh, I've also been working with one of the mentors uh, that wanted to be more actively involved in the community and make sure that she was uh, introduced to. Uh, this awesome guy that is great with presentations at events and uh, helped her, mentored her in, in uh, making sure that she would be more outgoing and take that plunge in, uh, on stage, so to speak. Um, so I think um, even though a formal program will help you um, get recognition or even get time within a company and sponsorship, um, the main part is to be proactive and to never be shy of reaching out to a, a colleague or uh, someone that maybe you even look up to in the community and to just ask them if they are willing to share some of their experiences uh, with you um, because 
from my personal experience, uh, especially with the community. And that's not just the Citrix community, but also the Microsoft MVP community. Um, and I think even the, the, the VMware V expert, if we're going to name all the communities uh, um, th that we know of uh, and that we actively are involved with, um, I think all, they all are so eager to share experiences, um, um, even personal ones or, or professional ones. So I think most of us um, are like kind of natural mentors. So feel That's free true. to reach out. Yep. That's a really great point. It's really just about sharing and, and learning something. Um, Joe Harder, who's also um, part of this program, she once um, had said something to me, like, never be afraid to ask for help. No one knows everything. And so I feel like everything you described just mimics what she had said there, right? Oh, um, yeah, that's great is, advice. Mentoring is small, right? So um, I think you've described individual temporary needs of mentoring versus larger ones where you've built relationships that are now ongoing and will probably continue, but probably feel more like even friendships. Yes. Right. So some have begun. Uh, 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 yes, I, I have one or two mentees that have become like close friends or, or um, as close as we can get in these times. Mm -hmm. um, um, and I've also seen that within the community where it's, it's more than just uh, co-workers or, or uh, community co-workers. Uh, it's, it's becoming... Um, uh, I think more closely and more a friendship because you, you are sharing this excitement and passion about the technology that you get to implement or to work with every day. Mm -hmm. um, so I think that's one of the things that makes us natural mentors that we love to just um, not brag about what we do, but we love to just tell you that this, this really cool thing that we discovered. And I don't know about you, but um, right here at home, I don't get that, that excitement back. Uh, I usually get the, I'm not sure if you're talking to the right person response. Mm -hmm. So mm -hmm. it helps to, uh, to find others. And um, I think especially in, in my case, when um, I, I started my career, I was looking very much for others to, um, to see or, or not to exactly copy behavior, though I did make those mistakes in the beginning as well. Um, but also just to have someone to talk to and to ask, have you ever experienced this or that? Uh, and in my case, um, I was definitely looking for other women as well. Um, because I quickly discovered that copying men behavior doesn't always work if you're wired as a woman. Uh, because <laughs> we, fair. Fair. Uh, whether we like to acknowledge it or not, we, we do are sometimes wired differently in our responses or, or maybe uh, a bit more emotional in our responses. Um, which, which, so it, it's been like this uh, big trial and error quest or, or, or journey, so to speak. Um, uh, and it, 
it has been so um, welcoming to have the other women in in the in, in this case the Citrix uh, technology professionals program because that was the first time that I could actually say did you experience something like this and that's what I noticed with some of the conversations that we've been having with our mentees as well or with the unconscious bias uh, uh, um, events that we organized um, and where we had these really cool conversations where at some point in our careers, it was very nice um, to talk to another woman and not just the other man. Um, though I fully uh, support or, or encourage to have diverse teams. Um, and that's not you just a political... Yeah, it's not just a political statement, but it is because um, I think that that diversity... Uh, broadens your own horizon as well and and um, well it gave me a lot of different views because for me diversity usually was uh, women in tech uh, of course because that's my, my own reference um, so to speak and then I discovered that at one keynote where someone started to talk about diversity and I already wanted to say oh stop with this whole focus on labeling me as a woman I'm just an enthusiastic techie or, or nerd or geek or whatever you want to call us. Um, and then they, they continued the keynote before I was able to shout out, which was a good thing, uh, <laughs> by saying that different cultures also give different perspectives on um, simple things like programming or, or uh, data retrieval. So before I was able to... Um, uh, basically unintentionally put all focus on women in tech uh, i i was able to shut myself up and just listen and learn um well basically new viewpoints right yeah that's awesome so um if anyone has any questions um please feel free to throw them in the chat um and in the short term here too so just a little bit more direct question. I think you may have answered this indirectly, but um, so how has mentoring helped you grow yourself professionally, whether you were a mentor or a mentee? Oh, wow. Well, well um, as a mentee, um, it helped me to become more um, uh, driven or even more focused on uh, some of the technical questions that I had. Uh, because I don't even know everything uh, <laughs> that there is to know about IT. And, and uh, I just love the, the technical conversations to learn new, new things and new tricks, so to speak. Um, but as a mentor, I've also had like really cool epiphanies about how I uh, approach people or um, um, new career paths that I didn't even consider previously. Uh, so um, I had this really cool conversation about um, maybe trying to um, 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 start a business of my own, so to speak, and become a freelancer and uh, um, try this whole independent consultant uh, gig that uh, seemed really cool. But I was so nervous and so insecure about whether or not I had a network that would allow me to, to get uh, projects. And then I just talked to some of these awesome 
guys uh, in the CTP program in, in my case. Um, and they just, um, just by sharing their experiences and basically just asking me some, some basic questions. So, so what makes you question your network or what do you need to, to feel more secure about uh, making this change? And, and what is your real drive? Um, they, they let me answer those questions myself. Uh, but they definitely gave me that that little nudge, that that small push, to step over that that little uh, mountain of fear, so to speak, and just dive into it. And and um, now I can say for for already three years, be a very successful uh, independent consultant and freelancer. Has it been three years already? Yes. Wow, it feels like yesterday but I'm not the one in your shoes, <laughs> but it does. Well, that's so awesome. Well, and I so still inspiring. feel like a baby entrepreneur, so <laughs> maybe a toddler by now, but. <laughs> so um, Sean does have a question. He has, um, he's wondering if you have any tips on how we can inspire the next generation of women in tech to join STEM in school. Oh, that's an awesome question, Sean. Um, so one of the things that I did uh, two years ago was to be very actively involved and volunteer for a different um, STEM-oriented um, uh, days, like uh, Coder Doyo, which is um, maybe more uh, a thing in, in Europe, but that basically uh, teaches kids at a very young age how to program um and and how to build really cool websites or just just program like interactive games uh uh in in a very playful way um and it was so cool because it was awarding for me as well because i saw all these little young kids eyes just just start to to twinkle and and see them present so proudly what they created um that yeah I think um, helping those kinds of community programs definitely helps to um, um, to get women more excited or even girls more excited about STEM uh, jobs. Because I think, um, um, and, and I know this is a very touchy subject, but I think we already unconsciously uh, program, so to speak, our kids into certain behavior or, or basically already encourage um, focusing on STEM um, unconsciously with some of the young girls. Or at least that's what I still see with like, for instance, the toys that you buy. So it's still the, the, uh, the pink uh, girly stuff for the girls and the cool robotics and cars and stuff for the boys. But maybe that's just m my uh, childhood uh, where I wanted to have those cool cars and not the Barbie dolls. So a couple comments um, from Sean Gifford. He mentioned that the Girls Who Code program is really a great program. He said very well said as well on your comment. He's like, give the girls Legos and not just princess toys. My daughters have enjoyed Harry Potter themed coding and STEM classes at outside school. Awesome. Lego and, is always uh, good. Yes code hs.com and they're learning all kinds of cool things like sql and python and 
And awesome. um, that was actually uh, Brian who shared that that latter uh, point with the, the Harry Potter uh, and and onward with um, the sequel in Python, et cetera. So I do, I think, I think we're lucky as parents in this day and age that there are options. So I think as parents, we also just need to be looking for them because they're programs uh, by me locally too. Um, and, and from what I understand of it too, is if you get um, the STEM stuff in front of the, especially the, the younger girls by like sixth grade, they will actually consider it as opposed to say catching them a little bit later then they might already be onward to other career choices it's hard to believe actually that it would happen that young but they but even outshine the boys at some points yeah it's, it's so <laughs> um well i don't know if you um at, at citrix synergy for instance they have these uh, uh battle bots where uh, they encourage uh, the young kids from from different schools yeah. that they invite to uh, build their own robot and to yeah. basically have this robot battle in the end. Mm -hmm. um, and I've seen uh, uh, definitely some girl teams outshine and um, um, I'm not sure if I'm allowed to say that to kick the asses of the little boys as well. <laughs> You're good. I think that was well, a safe choice, right? <laughs> yes. Yes. Yeah, I think it really does go go both ways. Um, but in a in a field where you don't see many uh, women um, or girls, for that matter, um, it stands out a little bit more when that happens. I think so. Um, so anyways, um, we are actually close to needing to wrap up here. I know you brought some book picks for you or to share with, with the audience um, before we close things out. If you could share those and maybe just a final yes. uh, parting uh, piece of advice for everybody listening, that would be fantastic. Okay, so uh, I'm just going to pop them up uh, on the screen as I um, quickly... Um, summarize why I think that this is a cool book. Well, maybe I should have started with the fact that I wrote a book of my own, uh, but that was a whole like career changing process of knowledge sharing and um, determination. Uh, but as you can see, it's already outdated. So I'm not going to promote that <laughs> from, from a career perspective. Uh, but what helped me, especially in these new um, DevOps and collaboration uh, teams that we see pop up and become like new corporate standards uh, was to read the Phoenix project. Um, it's it's uh, almost uh, uh, written as a, a novel. Um, so it's, it's a great book to just take with you on a holiday or in a weekend where you relax in the garden, especially in, in these times of year. Um, and what I loved about the book is that it also makes you realize um, the, the little pitfalls that we have by uh, basically trying to be um, the troubleshooter that saves the day. Um, also, um, unconsciously making yourself the single point of failure for some projects. Um, so that helped me. Um, definitely in letting go and be more relaxed and, and separate uh, business and private hours. Um, so definitely one that I want to recommend. And um, the other one, 
and I think uh, this is one that um, you can relate to as well, Teresa, mm -hmm. is um, um, I think even you were the one that suggested uh, this book to me. Is the Probably nice, it is one I've read. Yes, mm -hmm. the nice girls don't get the corner office. Uh, and I have to admit, I haven't read it all because I usually take it with me on uh, when I travel. Uh, especially on the plane. I love to just read the anecdotes and uh, especially the coaching tips that are in the book. Uh, but it helps you with some insights on um, how we unconsciously basically already, um, well, not tell ourselves uh, down or, or um, but um, um, we could be a, a bit more... Uh, uh, I'm, I'm, I'm trying to find the right word. Uh, sell, sell ourselves better in a positive way, I think is what you're yes. potentially trying yes. to say. And, and be more eager to, to strive for the goals that we set for ourselves right. instead of just um, trying to be uh, the, the polite uh, version of yourself. <laughs> so just go for it. Yes. That's basically what I want to say. And that's one yeah. of the things that this book told me. Yeah. Yeah. Fantastic. Good. Well, thank you so much, Esther, for joining today. It was um, very enlightening. Lots of great questions and feedback from the audience today as well. So thank you to all of you who joined to listen in. So have a great day, everyone. Yes. Thank you very much for having me, Teresa. And so have a great day. Thank you.